Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. So I want you to stand to your feet, grab your Bibles. Let's get into the series. We're at the movies. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn, turn with me, if you can, to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. How many of you are glad to be in God's house this Sunday morning? I am. I am glad. There's peace in God's house. There's strength in God's house. If you have your Bibles, it's a good habit to bring your Bible. Or We don't care if you have an electronic device. Look on your electronic device. And we encourage all of you, bring some notes. Bring a pen and paper so you can take notes just like you're going to get an education. Because what you write down, you'll remember, and you can go back home and study. If you don't have that, then go on the sermon notes under the app, print them out at home, and study it again. Half of the congregation does that. Believe it or not, we have so many people that print off our notes, go back to the app, and they study the notes throughout the week. We actually have ministries that take our sermons and preach them to all their other network churches, which is really cool. But we want you to take from it and let's learn from it. And, and we want you to be a part of this. So are you ready for the word? Come on. Are you hungry this morning? You got to stay hungry. You got to stay hungry. And then 1 Samuel chapter 16, this is the ordination of David. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet a, the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy, not a ruddy, but a ruddy. He was a ruddy and had beautiful, he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he, for this is the one. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. I love that. Rushed upon him like a football player. Rushed him. Got on him. And from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But from that day forward, he was anointed and touched and the hand of God was on him. Now, I do believe that the hand of God was always on David. But at this moment, it was where everyone could see. No one saw him before because life, when you're preparing, most of the time, it is out of the, of the limelight. When, when God is preparing a vessel, the preparation of that vessel, it doesn't come with accolades. You don't get a great big audience. You feel like you're by yourself and you're not, you know, you have no purpose sometimes. You feel like your value is low because you're not bringing any results that everyone can appreciate and see. But in that one moment when God chose David, everything that ever happened in David's life up to that one point made God say, that's the one. He is ruddy. He is short than all the rest, shorter than all the rest of them. He doesn't stand out like everybody else. But that is the man that I'm going to use in the last quarter, in the last days of this season to raise him up as a great king. And he's going to make a big difference. And I'm going to rush in his life. And I'm going to show you what I can do with a good heart. So the message today for all of you that have been living life, all of you that have been going through life, feeling like you're by yourself, I want to give you a word of encouragement today and tell you, get ready because your blessing is on the way. Get ready because your opportunity is coming to you and all that you have been through isn't in vain. Right? Come on, somebody, lift up your voice one more time. Lift up your voice to God. Speak over the service here this Sunday morning. Come on, release what God's giving you on the inside. Bless the service. Ask God to anoint me. Ask God to anoint your hearts. 
Ask God to anoint your neighbor. Lord Jesus, we thank you today. God, we bless you this Sunday morning. We know that you have a word for somebody. You're going to encourage someone. You're going to lift up somebody. You're going to give them hope today. And you, dear God, are the one that shines the most as we give you all the credit and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody shout amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to somebody and tell them, get ready. Just get ready. That's all you have to do. Be prepared, and you can be seated. I would like to take just a moment to also give our condol uh, uh, a gratitude and thankfulness for all of your condolences. Uh, this has been a very rough year for our family. It's not been easy to, be uh, to have to bury both of our moms back to back this year. I have the honor, I had the honor and the privilege to bury my mother this year, and now they've asked me to do the ceremony and the service for my mother-in-law, which, which is really my mom as well. And uh, it's such an honor. So um, Pastor Dawn is at home today. She sends her love. Uh, she, I, told, I made her rest today. She's been in preparation for the funeral and, and uh, everything taking place tomorrow. But we'd like to thank every single one of you for your love and for your support and the text messages and the food that people brought to our home just to take care of us during this time. You are the best church any pastor could ever hope for. Thank you. And families. Thank you. But, but you see, we have hope, and, and we know that this life is just temporary, and the one, we don't die, we keep on living someplace else better. We keep on living someplace else better. If you believe in a hope to come, shout amen. 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 That's what we believe. So, uh, it's, a, it's very important to recognize in this scripture that David wasn't initially invited to the ordination. Very important to recognize that. David wasn't considered... <laughs> He didn't get the invite. His brothers were first in line. His father didn't even consider him. The prophet, when he first saw him, even had question. So, so to think, to think that, that the God in our lives has the mentality to not look at someone based off a of stature, to look on someone not based off of who their and what their pedigree is, who their father was, their mother. We learned recently about the, the lineage of Jesus Christ and realized that there's a bunch of outcasts in Jesus' family. There was a bunch of outcasts in his family. And it's amazing when we look back at the genealogies and see how many people that were there that didn't have it all together. And when we look at David, David had a private life that God was pleased with. Not a life in front of everyone. It doesn't tell the story in detail about his fight with a lion and a bear, but it does tell us he had those battles. It doesn't give us segments and scenes in the scripture about David's playing and worshiping with his harp at different occasions that caught the eye of the servant, the handmaiden. But we do hear about servants telling the king at one point, we know a young man who can play skillfully and the Lord is with him. So David's life, it preceded him. His reputation preceded him. Everyone knew that David was, was strong, tough as nails. He, was, he had some tenacity about him and and then there was his brothers. We don't hear a lot about his brothers. We don't hear a lot about what they accomplished, what they did, and who they were. Just David. God was pleased with David. God saw David. But David wasn't in the spotlight. He wasn't in the center of everyone. He, didn't have, he wasn't the center of attention. Only until there was a problem God needed to solve. 
I'm going to say it again. God did not bring David in the limelight until there was a problem that he needed solved. God can solve problems by himself, but he chooses not to. He chooses to use people. People who have been prepared, people who have given up many things, people who have losses in their lives. Some of the greatest leaders in the world that we read about and look at throughout history have had more losses than they did wins. Babe Ruth, speaking of sports, Babe Ruth had more strikes and more misses than he had home runs. There is something to be said about some leaders that we recognize throughout history, like Abraham Lincoln, who lost more campaigns than he won. There's something to be said about in the scripture about men who had failed many times. But yet, in that one moment, God said, you have failed enough, you've learned enough, you have been through enough, now you're ready. Moses was one of those individuals. Abraham was one of those individuals. It was so, there's so much to be said about people who have experienced the ups and downs in life these people are people of tenacity. They're people of faith. The ceremony, when it happened, and, and, and Samuel saw David, he saw him and he didn't look at him as a qualified leader. He never even considered him. But the Lord spoke to him and said, there he is. This is the young man. That's who I'm going to use. And then, you know, the response that's so, so famously quoted that, Samuel said, surely I know now that God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God sees what's on the inside. God said it like this to Samuel, and he said, men look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I look at the heart. Will you never know what people go through? When you see somebody who is in a position of favor or prosperity, a favor of influence in their life. When you see someone there and, and you see something happening for someone, even somebody that you might know, even someone you might know who has an opportunity to do something great. I never, I've learned throughout the years, I have never, I've, I, I have, up to a certain point, I stopped, there's a better word. I've stopped being jealous. I stopped being envious. I stopped coveting other people's wins. I couldn't stop it until I had a revelation or a realization that the reason why some of these people are blessed in their life is because they've been through enough hell, been through many battles, failed so many times in business, messed up so many times in relationships, that finally they got it together and they get it, and God says, now you're ready. Don't think for one moment that people you see, that most of them had everything handed to them on a silver platter. So when you say, God, I want to be successful. God, I want to be blessed. And you are blessed. You're blessed every day. Don't, don't overlook the simple blessings in your life. Can I talk about the simple blessings? Uh, you've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a simple blessing in your life. You, you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's a simple blessing in your life. You have the breath of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's a simple blessing that we overlook every single day. You have water, living water to drink in your life. That's a simple blessing that we overlook every single day. Running water. Not the one that comes out of your faucet. The one that comes to your spirit. I thank God for running water in my life. 
I thank God for running water. I thank God for simple things, the bread of life, the word of God, the things that occur. There are simple blessings to be content with. Everything else is second as far as I'm concerned, but I have an assignment just like you have an assignment, just like Rudy had an assignment, just like David had an assignment, just like Moses had an assignment. God has a destiny for you. God has a plan for you, but do you realize everything you have been through this far, thus far in your life is, has been nothing more than preparation for something bigger? Everything, everything you have been through in life, and it seems like, my God, is it ever going to get any better? Yes, it will get better. That's a word for somebody. It will and is going to get better. I don't care how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing what you've been doing. You have the frequent flyer miles to get that free pass, what you need to have to expedite you to your destination. That's called favor. Favor isn't fair, but favor doesn't come easy. Oh, I'm getting off track. I feel his presence in this house. Somebody give God some praise. Come on, don't get, don't get cold on me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. David was ruddy. That means a dark-skinned Hebrew that's found a beauty and clear complexion. That's what that means. He was handsome with beautiful eyes. Handsome little boy. But God looked at him and said, he's spared skin, he's handsome, he's got beautiful eyes, but that's not why I'm going to bless him, and that's not why I'm choosing him. God didn't mention that one time. It just said he was ready. And the inspiration of God through Samuel recognized his outward appearance, but that wasn't the reason why. Not the reason why. Ladies, don't hate me. But I have to tell you, you can put layers and layers on. You can find just the right outfit. But the Bible says in Proverbs, who can find a virtuous woman? God sees the heart. Like a Deborah who's anointed for battle. A Mary who is quiet in her disposition, yet strong and huge in spiritual stature. Gentlemen, I hate to tell you, but God is not impressed with how much you can bench press. Not impressed with it. God's not impressed with your forearms. You know? <laughs> Did you know that this used to be a gym called Champion Gym? I've told you that before, right? How many of you have the history on that? How many of you know this used to be a gym here? That's why the, lo that's why the restrooms are where they are because they were locker rooms. There was the offices. Big squat racks are here. All these walls were built halfway because there were mirrors all the way around. And they used to open up these doors and we used to come here when we were younger before we owned our own fitness center later. But my brothers used to come here and they used to bench press all the time, get workout. And I remember seeing guys right in this very building. They took their shirt off. They took their, you know, they just wore the little shorts and they got in front of the mirror. Get up. Like they were constipated. All in vain. God's not impressed with all of that stuff. The question is, because all of that isn't going to stop. All the jewelry in the world, all the ladies' fashion, all of your strength physically won't amount to nothing when you're in a battle or when it comes to an opportunity. It's the spirit, man. It's the mind of Christ inside of you. I do believe in health. I do believe working out. I do enjoy all those things, believe it or not. But the devil isn't scared of that kind of stuff. 
but give me a, give me a, a, an elderly woman who is maybe frail in her body. Her knees are worn out and bruised because she has knelt down night after night, morning after morning. May have arthritis in her body. Probably couldn't run a mile in 10 minutes or even walk it. But knows the name of Jesus Christ and has a prayer life and understands spiritual warfare or spirit praying who has been through some things in her life, who have been through some, who has had losses, but yet still keeps the faith. Give me an elderly man who is not afraid to praise God and worship God and lift up his hands in the sanctuary. That man, that woman has influence and power with God, can move mountains, drive off demons, see miracles take place, watch healings occur in front of them, See doors open up, not just for them. I'm talking big doors, not small little cabinet doors. Big doors that only God can open up and no man can shut. But that person, that was Moses. Moses, the failure in the Bible, who, who, who ran for his life, he was standing on that mountaintop. And by standing there with God at the age of 80, God looked down at Israel, saw Israel in, 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 in worshiping the false calf, the false idol. And I've said this numerous times in the church and referenced the authority and the influence that that 80-year-old man had, the prophet of God. He stood there. He worshiped God in that mountain. And then God saw the rebellion on the bottom of the mountain. But God said, Moses, let me go. I'm going to destroy these people, and I'll make a great nation out of you. Two things to take note of there. When Moses was there talking to God, he was 80 years old, but he was the only one that could hold God where God had to say, let me go. That's power. And then God said, Moses, you may be 80, but I'll make a great nation out of you. I don't care how old you are. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart with God. Oh, my Lord Jesus. So no one saw the actual uh, battle with the lions and the bears, but here's, here's what we have to recognize. Here's what we have to see through all these adventures in life. Point number one, and the only point I'm going to give you today is this. Anyone can get invited to quit but not everyone accepts the invitation to win. Anyone, all of you, have the invitation to quit right now. All of you. No one's going to stop you from quitting. When life gets rough, you have a choice. You can say, I, you know what, God, I give up. And you know, have you ever been in, been in that place with God and you just feel like saying, Lord, I give up? I have. Have you ever been there before? I've been there. I've been there before where things didn't work out the way I thought they should work out. I thought after five years we would have already been out of here. And I do thank God for every blessing that comes our way. But I thought, you know, surely, surely after this amount of time, I'm going to have this and have that accomplish this and accomplish that. Oh, wait, 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 that wasn't supposed to work out that way. I didn't sign up for this. I thought people were going to love me. I thought, I thought that I would have more than this at this time. I thought I should have this taken care of already. I mean, there's so many things, goals, plans, ideas. And then there are times when people have, and this is really the main reason why we want to give up sometimes, because people 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 can be so insensitive sometimes and, and and listen don't ever take it personal because most of the time when people become a problem to you is because they have a bigger problem in their own life you're not really the issue for people they have their own issues you're just kind of in between in the way got got, got caught up in the crossfire many times and it's not you it's them now 
Now, I've been there before, and there are times where I felt like, God, I'm just going to give up. I ain't doing this anymore. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't, my family didn't have, I mean, I didn't have to take my family through this. And it's almost as if, I'm just saying, it's almost as if God just, like he says, like he opens the door, and he says, then go. The door's open. Go ahead. Then that's when we go, hmm, well, I mean, it's not that bad, Lord. I'm just only joking. Right? Calls your bluff. Calls your bluff. And we're really looking at him and we're wondering, you know what, Lord? It's just my emotion. Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here are the prayers I've prayed before. Lord, I'm sorry. Please don't leave me. <laughs> I need your favor. I need your wisdom. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to give more. Oh, m- money. Money. That's a big issue with us, right, in Christianity. Why? I pay my tithes and I got this bill. I'm just not going to give anymore. It don't work. Whoa, 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 whoa. God does work. Find out what the problem really is. It may not be God. It could be your spending. Hello. I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh, boy, Lord Jesus, I don't want to get into money. Ruin the sermon today. Well, I'm going to ruin it anyway. It, <laughs> your budget rate right now may be called for a Ford. Do they have Ford Escorts anymore? Focus. And not a Cadillac. I'm just saying. We, we, want, to, we want to put the blame on everybody else, but lots of times it's just us and 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 lots of times it's it's a matter of processing because god wants to see where your heart really is and god is not going to allow you to be in a certain position with so much authority until he finds out whether or not you can handle it does anybody get what i'm saying right now You have to have enough losses, you have to have enough, uh, enough disappointments, and your faith has to remain constant or higher above average, and God has to see the state that you're in. It may take you 30 or 40 years to prove to him. Now, he's already paid the price for you. The blessings are there. The favors is there. The favors there. Everything is available and ready for you. But what separates us from everybody else? I don't believe it's God's will for us to live in, 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 in defeat in every area of our life. I don't believe it's God's will for us to live in depression every single day of our life. I don't believe everyone has that many battles to fight with people every week of our life. Something's wrong. If you got pro- Okay, here we go again. I'm going to mess up your Sunday. Are you ready? Forgive me. I'm going to ask for it beforehand. But if you've got that many problems with that many people, it may not be those people. It could be. <laughs> I wasn't looking at nobody. I was looking straight at the walls when I said that. Wasn't looking at nobody. You got that many problems with that many people. It may not be those people. But that is never and should be ever an excuse to quit. Listen, Jesus didn't quit. He kept on going to the cross, and he knew you would fail, but he did it for you anyways. He did it for us anyways. Everyone, everyone's been given the invitation to quit, but not everyone accepts, which also, you've also been all given the invitation to win, but not everybody accepts it. Because when you accept the invitation to move forward, that means that you have to forgive. 
That means that you have to have power to forgive. That means you have to have, you have, to have wisdom to make the right decisions when bad things happen. That means that you have to be able to be changed by your giving and things that occur in your life when you do them and with nothing expecting nothing in return from anyone but only in return from God for your reward. That's the key and there's very few people who can do that. But here's the key right here. Consistency and persistence are two necessary things for the anointing. God anointed David. But he anointed David because David had already been tested. And he was consistent. And he was persistent. Persistence is known only by the challenges that have presented themselves before you and to see whether or not you're still on the other side. Are you still on the side of error or complacency? God never brings a challenge unless he's going to help you get through the challenge or allows you to go through a challenge without giving you the ability to come overcome it, to overcome it. So, Sometimes it's just a matter of being faithful. Sometimes it's just a matter of being consistent. Not yelling all the time, not screaming all the time, not going in ready to go like you're going in, like you're a soldier going into battle on the front lines. Sometimes it's just a matter of walking, being quiet, being consistent, being persistent. And you don't have to run all the time, but sometimes you just have to learn how to walk and be there. Your persistence, your consistency will supersede your competition, your enemies, and your haters. Not everybody can be consistent every single day. I'm not worried about competition. I'm not in competition with anybody else, and neither should you be. But there are people that would like to think that they are and that you are, but you're not. If you'll be in competition with yourself and make sure that you can be a better you than you were yesterday, you will be a better person tomorrow. But we're not in competition with nobody. But if you're consistent, you see, the difference between you and your haters and competitors and everyone else is this, and will be this, is that while they're playing, while they're lollygagging, while they're sleeping, while they're not studying, while they're not praying, while they're not doing what they need to do, you are doing it on a consistent basis every single day and being consistent with God. And when people start judging and looking around and wondering how in the world did you end up there? Well, the only reply you can give is, I've just been walking with Jesus. That's all I've been doing. The, the disciples, the apostles at that time in the new church, they were looked at and they said this about them, that we perceive that they have been with the Lord. Why? Because they talked like him, because they had results like him. This is what I love. Listen to this. Listen to this, marketers. Listen to this, business people. Watch this. Before the internet, before cellular phones, before any technology, before any billboards, before anything out there, Jesus was the best marketer in the world. This is just for fun. We do it sometimes. Here's what it is. In business, for our business people and for all of our bosses, and those that are in charge of things, even those that are striving to be great in business, whatever it may be, Jesus was the best marketer. Why? Because he had two things. He had word of mouth, but the reason why he had word of mouth was because he had results. Results. Jesus gave results. And people talked about the results, and they came from the thousands of them. Thousands, thousands. He couldn't even get into some cities. And this was before technology in Facebook. 
You know what would happen today if God raised somebody out of, out of the crutches? And you know what would happen today if God healed somebody of cancer? And it's happened in this church before. You know what happened today if God would cast a demon out of somebody? And it's happened before here. But do you realize that it only takes God to do one great thing in your life to make you known or to make you aware that he is there and he brings results? How many people want results in your life? Don't worry about trying to get the boss's attention, folks. Let me talk to you just for a moment. Don't worry about trying to get the boss's attention. If you're walking with Jesus and Jesus really is your CEO, then he's going to bless you. He's going to multiply within your hands, and he's going to make you shine, and he's going to make you known. And people, whether they love you or hate you, at least they're hating on you. If you have no haters, you're not doing anything. I would rather have more haters than people that loved me because I know that I'm getting results and God is blessing me. I don't care what anybody else thinks. All I care about is what he thinks. Oh, yes. Can you handle haters? Can you handle people being jealous of you? Can you handle God blessing you? Because listen... It sounds wonderful, right? But Israel was hated by their neighbors because God blessed them so much. When the blessings of God start coming into your life, people aren't going to be happy for you. They're not going to be like, oh, my God. Yay, they got it. You did it. All right. Congratulations. You know, they think they're all it now. <laughs> of Portia. <laughs> yeah. He got promoted, now he thinks he's all bad. <laughs> I like your house. That's a, such a beautiful house. The grass is too high. <laughs> yeah. I know they're neighbors. Oh, my gosh. I'm, so, I'm sorry to tell you, if you ever run into somebody who's genuinely happy for you, you, you really need to bless them and thank them, thank God, and, and be happy about that. But don't let that be you. Be the person that says, God, thank you every time you hear a good report. Every time you see somebody else doing well. Every time you need to be the person that says, well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, can I throw this out there just for the pastors? We have pastors who visit here sometimes that get ministered to. Pastors, if you're listening, we have pastors that listen to our podcast and listen to our uh, videos. Pastors, I'm going to just tell this to you. If you're listening, whoever you may be, uh, don't be afraid to be successful. Don't be afraid to prosper. Don't be afraid to be blessed. Don't be afraid to do and good, do good things for your family because you're meant to be blessed. You're meant to be blessed. Get out of the mentality that you have to be poor in order to be successful and not have your heart entangled with the things of this world. Listen, money is the root of all evil, but money's not evil. You don't want to talk about money right now, right? Money will change you. No, money doesn't change you. Money just intensifies who you really are. And you were never meant to be mastered by money. You were meant to master money. Jesus, in point in case, case in point, Jesus had a treasurer. If he didn't have any money, why did he have a treasurer? It's management. It's mastering it. It takes time. It takes time. But ultimately, God wants an anointing in your life. Anointings will separate you from everyone else. God will ask you to do things to prepare you from stopping 
from, 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 from restricting you and stopping you to enter into temptation at times. Some of the best things that ever happened to you is hard times. Some of the best times in your life have been hard times. Because hard times is what got you to pray more. Hard times is what caused you to give more. Hard times is what caused you to fast more. Hard times and times of difficulty has been what it took to make you a Christian in your life. Not all the good things. Good things and blessings and promised lands don't make you a better person. It makes you spoiled. It causes you to be lazy. That's why before God blesses you and gives you your promised land, he wants to make sure you can make it through the wilderness. I'm just saying, before God gives you, before God gives you a cow and some honey and some vineyards, he wants to see if you're going to be thankful for manna and water from a rock. That's all he wants to see. And if you can maintain your faith and keep your gratitude and keep your attitude right, when you enter into the promised land, you won't forget where God brought you from, and you're going to be grateful for all good things in your life. I'm just saying, I understand the process, but you have to be able to pass that. But listen to what God gives us here, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 and 41. Jesus came to his disciples, found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, so... Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not just watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus didn't go to all of his disciples to, to just so they can pray with him because he needed their prayers. Jesus went to the disciples because they needed his strength. The hour of temptation was coming Judas was fixing to turn them in, to turn Jesus in, and they were all fixing to be scattered. But in this one moment, Jesus came to them. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. In that one moment, Jesus came to them and said, pray, you're going to need it. They weren't aware of it. It was the perfect storm. Idleness. No power. No authority. And then when the tempter came, they were all scattered. But God tried to get them prepared. You want to be prepared and not miss an opportunity? Then be prepared. Stop looking for opportunities. Write this down. I, want you, I feel God's talking to me about this. Stop looking for opportunities. Be prepared and God will send opportunity your way. God doesn't send opportunities to people that aren't doing anything. You think he chose David just because David was a ruddy looking boy, had, blue, had beautiful eyes. I don't know what his eye color was, but let's say they were blue. Do you think that God sent Goliath to David? In David's case, God led him to Goliath, but Goliath met him. But when it came time for the anointing to be king, God found David. He was working in the field. Where is your boys at, Jesse? They're all here. Don't you have one more? Yeah, but he's out there in the field cutting grass, feeding the sheep. <laughs> he's out there. Well, can you go? Can you, can you need me to get him? I can go get him for you. Oh, yeah, go get him. All right. David! Come here, boy. <laughs> David was busy just doing his regular routine, but he was consistent. Yeah. Then God found him and brought him to the front. 
Nothing or no one can stop your appointment that God has for you but you. If, but if you'll stay consistent and when nobody's watching and when you feel like nobody cares, don't stop there because God sees everything. I got to give, give you this. I got to give you this. Are you ready? God gave me this example. He gave this to me, and I thought probably it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I thought it was the coolest thing. And a little bit is off, but, but here's what I'm going to show you. There are three things you can do. There are three things that Jesus said for us to do. What was one of them? Jesus said, when you what? We all know that one, right? When you pray, that was the first one. What else did he say? When you what? When you fast? That was part of the instruction. When you fast. Not if you fast, but when you fast, right? Okay. And then what did he say about when you, there's one more, when you give. That's what he said. Let's do this. You can see it better. Now, the three things that Jesus said to do that he asked you to do with a sincere heart and not caring about what people think or what people, you know, they're going to judge you on this no matter what, but if you do it in public, then, you know, then you're going to get your reward. But these things were meant to do uh, in the heart, from the heart, with sincerity. And he said, when you pray, don't go out in public like all of the religious people and pray in front of everybody their great long prayers, but they have no reward. Well, what you do in secret, God rewards you openly, right? Okay. And so he also said that when you go into your prayer, you go into prayer, go into your closet. Now, now that's just a secret place, to, in other words, to encourage all of us to have our devotion now there's nothing wrong with public prayer there's nothing wrong with coming to church and praying corporately because we're still doing it in secret in the sense of doing it as the body of christ but he said it's very important when you do it he hit on these subjects then he said when you fast he said don't be like everybody else and walk around when you're fasting and go oh. what's the matter what's the matter primo What's happening? Oh, I'm fasting. Yeah, I'm fasting today. Man, how long has it been? Oh, it's been, I've just been doing it till lunch. <laughs> Man, it's hard. People want to give away their fasting all the time. Hey, let's join, let's get together. Hey, how you doing? Let's, hey, hey, hey. Let's get together. What are you doing today? Oh, nothing. Let's go out to eat. No, I can't. I'm fasting. You can say something else. I'm busy, can't go today. Everybody wants to give up the fast. When they do something, they want to tell everybody, this is what I'm doing to prove that they have some value. Listen, that's your reward. You just lost your reward. God said, do it secretly. But do it. And then he said, give. Now, coming up here and giving of your tithes and offerings doesn't mean that you're doing it in front of everybody for show. In fact, you can do it online anytime you want to. There's different ways to give. But the main part was, out of all these three, if you do them, do them out of, from the abundance of your heart and do them sincerely. Now let me show you. Everyone say power. power. P stands for power. When you pray, when you fast, it generates power. That's what happens. You remember when Jesus was faced with the dilemma with his disciples, they could not cast out the demon? He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Do you remember that? Because they lacked what? Power. Prayer and fasting brings power. Fasting, now when you give, when you give, you give alone, sometimes people don't know where to sow and how much to give or what to give sometimes the holy ghost will speak to you god will always speak to you to challenge your giving 
but it'll also give you wisdom to know how to give. But when you are actually fasting with your giving, then you are opening up your heart to the wisdom of God because you're getting your fleshly wisdom out of the way. And you're now, giving is a form of decreasing. Did you know that? The biggest challenge we have with giving, and that giving does not represent just money, that giving represents your service and your talents. But when we do it most of the time, we do it, we have a conflict with our carnal nature. That's an earthly wisdom. That's the battle. The battle is, is that when we are doing the giving, we are hearing other voices. We don't have an earth, a heavenly wisdom. Fasting with giving allows the voice of your flesh to be brought down to an all-time audible low so God's voice can be heard. This is where wisdom comes in. Now, let me explain this. Every one of us have been given the Spirit of God in measure by faith. Spirit baptism, the Spirit baptism allows you to hear the voice of God clearer, but this comes through change. You would think that fasting, it almost does simultaneously what prayer does, but that C stands for change. Because while you're decreasing, giving is like a form of fasting. You probably never heard that before. Have you ever felt you were supposed to give and your flesh kind of rose up and you didn't want to because you thought about oh my god i gotta pay this bill i gotta do i want to go on vacation i want to do this i want to do that it's your flesh it's the same bratty voice that comes up when you're supposed to fast the same struggle the same wrestling the same attitude happens when you do these two things but wisdom says you have to and this is how you give this is what you do this is where you give this is the amount that you have to give but while you're doing this if you're praying and giving at the same time it brings change because change can only come because change doesn't come just by power of god to keep the change and completely evolve you morph you and and, and, and transform you. It takes the power of God through prayer. So prayer and giving causes change. So while you're decreasing your giving, because remember, giving and fasting are almost the same kind of, kind, of, kind of attitude, the same kind of sacrifice. I mean, you do it till it hurts in order to bring change. But prayer brings a better attitude and says, you know what, by the power of the Spirit, when you give, you give by faith. That's where change comes in. Change. Prayer and giving causes change. All three of these, when you do them as God said, results in this right here. And that, my friend, that is the anointing. That's the anointing. That's where the anointing comes in. You want to be anointed? You want the anointing of God to come into your life? Do those three things. And coupled with studying your Bible. We know that's a given. But doing those three things will change your character. It'll bring something so precious into your life called an anointing in the center of your heart where everything you give, God will anoint your giving because you know where to give, how to give, where to sow. You feel in your heart, there's a compulsion that comes into you, and God says, I want you to give this. He'll give you exact numbers. How many of you can understand what I'm talking about? He'll give you numbers. He'll tell you and put in your heart to be consistent with it. Prayer will change everything. Prayer will give you power, and it'll change you. Prayer changes everything, including you. It doesn't change God. God is always the same. God is good. God is powerful. But you see, God has to see us change in order to see our circumstances change, and our faith has to change, and we must decrease 
to let God increase. But if you want the wisdom of God to hear the wisdom of God and coupled with this, you need to cut out your own voice by fasting. Stop listening to the carnality that you have that tells you, oh, you, don't, you can't give. Oh, my God, don't do that. My God, you can't afford to. You can't afford not to. Oh, my God, don't, don't, don't pray. Then you'll become crazy like everyone else. Don't pray because then demons will come after you. That's carnal thinking. I don't go looking for devils. Devils come looking for me. I'm not a devil chaser. I can't believe people that are always talking about we're in the battle, still hanging on all the time. God, the devil's after. Hold on a second. Be a God chaser. Don't worry about devils. Because when God is reigning in your life, every devil you come in contact with can't stand. Can't stand. That's lightweight. Lightweight stuff. Let God take care of all that stuff. You were designed to be a champion. You were designed to be victorious. I'm coming. I'm closing right now. Come on, somebody, before they think I'm lying. If you can learn to endure before temptation, you will not lose out on your anointing. God has an anointing for you, but don't allow your emotions, your struggle. Sometimes you can just be dry and just not get it. So be so detached from God, you just don't understand it because it takes something spiritual from God to understand spiritual things. But you have to position yourself. And many times we miss it. There's so much more that God wants to do through you. There's so much more that God wants to do for you. There's so much more that God has for you in your life. But it takes an anointing. God wants to anoint you in your business. God wants to anoint you at home. God wants to anoint you in the public eye. God wants, the anointing was never meant just to be kept in the church. Are you kidding me? The anointing was never just given just so we can only be anointed in church. The anointing was meant to be given to you to make a difference in the world. And God wants to anoint you in your profession, in your career, in your life, in your family. He wants your children to be anointed. He wants your marriage to be anointed. He wants your career and your talents to be anointed so he can promote you and you can be the light of the world and the salt of the earth and the candles that's on a candlestick, not placed under a bushel but placed on the top and position where everyone can see and get direction and know that there is a God. That's why God brought David out. God brought David out to prove to Israel that he is still alive, that he still gives a victory, to prove to the Philistines that he is still there, to prove to them that there is a God who can take care of every situation. That's it. That wasn't me. That was him. I know. Why did it have to be that note? It could have been another note, another noise. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you want to feel the anointing in your life and see God anoint your lives? I'm trying. I think I'm talking to people today that want to see change. Do you get this right here? Do you understand this? When you give, when you pray, when you fast, you get power, you get wisdom, there's, you see change. But from all of that, God can anoint you. God can anoint you. That's where the anointing comes, through consistency. Be consistent with it. There's a reason why God encourages us to do all of these things. It's because it was for your good. But here's the difference right here it's not here's a conclusion it's not what we do every once in a while 
but what you do consistently that changes your life. It's not what you do every once in a while, but what you do consistently that will change your life. Not even sometimes in great quantity, but consistently in your life. David was consistent. Rudy, let's not forget about Rudy. Rudy was consistent. True story. Can you imagine all through his college years being a senior, finally, after all those years, you know what he was a part of? To begin with, how he got in and on the football team with Notre Dame, he was part of the practice team. The practice teams were people that were just chosen to practice with the main teams to get them ready not to wear out and hurt the real players, the star players. That's where he was. That's what he tried on for. But he outworked everybody. He was consistent. He never played a game. He always sat on the benches. And he was there. And there finally, in the last season, the last game, he comes in. His moment was there. An opportunity came. The crowd started chanting his name. And he gets out there and sacks the quarterback, does something no one else has done. And they put him on their shoulders, carry him up there. But here's the greater story. The greater part of the story is he had no idea that someone was going to buy the rights to his story to write a book and to do a movie. David had no idea that one day millions of people around the world would be telling his story. But this is what God does for those who live consistent lives. He is no different. They are no different than you and I. You can have a story if you just focused on being consistent in your lane. What is it that you are made for? What is it that you do? Include God in it. Be consistent. And God will elevate you and God will promote you and God will give you a legacy and your children will walk in it and your children's children will walk in it and you will be called blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Somebody give God some praise in this place. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live give and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.